0: Hey all, it's Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you about our good friends over at Burger Master. If you know anything about me, I crave burgers in my sleep. I do not mess around. Started in 1952, Burger Master is the best burger chain in Washington state. They have locations all over the Puget Sound in Aurora, Bellevue, Everett, Mill Creek, University, and Mount Vernon. Their fresh ingredients and classic driving experience make them the greatest burger chain in the state of Washington. Stop by Burger Master on your way home from a Seahawks game. You won't regret it. Hey all, Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you guys about our good friend Blake Johnson of ManifestFit.com. Football season is quickly approaching and it is a struggle to stay in shape while eating burgers and nachos. ManifestFit.com is your one, only true online personal training service with workout and nutrition programs specifically based on your needs. They work with clients all over the U.S., and what makes Blake and ManifestFit.com so unique is that they don't believe training should be a luxury item. Now's the time to start. Head over to ManifestFit.com, click on how to join, and fill out the form. Their team will get back to you ASAP and help you start building a healthier, happier, louder Seahawks fan life. The skyline is etched in my veins. You can never put that
1: out, no matter how hard it rains.
2: Hello and welcome to the 299th episode of Real Hawk Talk. I'm Brian Nemhauser. You can find me on Twitter at HawkBlogger. And tonight, we have got a full house. We've got an all-star crew to talk about... What is an interesting time to be a Seahawks fan? Uh, I think that uh, if you've listened to this podcast before, if you've been on Twitter this week, you've probably heard my perspective (laughs) a few different ways. And so I'm really interested to bring in the rest of the crew and really hear where everybody else is on this. I've calmed down. The Huskies are in the national championship. That was a fantastic football game. And if you're a Seahawks fan and a Huskies fan, The parallels there were remarkable. It was NFC Championship. Like, oh my God. But like, I'm pretty happy about what's going on there. We got the Pro Bowl to talk about that has some interesting implications. Um, And I think that there's some perspectives on this show that are pretty different than mine and what I expressed uh, this week. So I'm, I'm looking forward to getting to all of that. Before we do, I will just say, if you haven't given the show a like, please do click subscribe and go over to patreon.com slash HawkBlogger, sign up, get access to the Slack channel where we always take questions and uh, all the proceeds go to charity. Over $260,000 have been donated. You can be part of it and part of a really cool, smart, fun community. So let me bring in the crew. It's been a while, I feel like, for Dana O'Gorman. So Dana OG on Twitter. Dana, how are you doing?
3: I am doing great, but I I I want to say congratulations to you. To me. 299 episodes is flipping amazing, Brian. And what you have done with the Slack channel, with the Patreon, with your following on Twitter is just flipping amazing. You are are known throughout, you know, the Seahawks community as. A really good voice of reason, whether you think that's true or not. But I just want to say congratulations. I I just think it's truly amazing.
2: That is like unexpected and very nice of you. I did. I did not. (laughs) Nobody here gets paid. So I did not pay Dana to say that. (laughs) And I will turn that back around because I'm uncomfortable with uh, with uh, praise and just say, like, it's really cool that we found each other, this group and that we've been able to do this. And I mean it that I mean, we've done some gifts like, you know, Seahawks related stuff, but it pales in comparison to the to the contribution of time, energy, friendship that's come out from this crew, um, taking away from work, family, all sorts of other things to do this show and to do it for nothing other than just like passion for the Seahawks and friendship. And I hope that shows in the show. And uh, I think it does. And it's really cool. And I really the show's definitely taken a turn for the better when you joined Dana. So thank oh, well, you for, uh, <laughs> thank you for gracing us with your presence. Um, So many good vibes. Wow. Did not expect that to be a start, start of the show. Brent, uh, uh, that makes me go to, reader? to Evan, Evan Hill at Evan Hill HB. Uh, Evan, what do you have to say about me?
0: I think uh, you're wonderful. I think you're like a father figure to me. You've yes. Given me wonderful career advice wonderful twitter advice over the years and you let me join um and you welcomed me as one of the most positive voices on yes. twitter <laughs> in like episode five or whatever the hell that was uh I, who who pulled that up recently was it josh
2: it was josh cashman after i think it was like the cowboys some game or like that was the playoff
3: game or something like
0: Something like that, but Dana, I just want you to know I'm actually the OG positive person on this. I show. love that.
3: <laughs> I love it. I well the <laughs> other day I shocked the shit out of somebody on Twitter because we agreed about something. They're like, You agreed with Evan? I said it happens more often than you think.
0: Dana <laughs> and I are more aligned on Seahawks take them the takes than people realize. I think
3: Yes, yes but it's 299
0: true. is crazy. It really
2: is. It is. is. I, I am I am pulling some strings behind the scenes and sometimes in front of the the curtain, trying to get guests for our 300th episode. We will probably not do a post game show this week, or at least if we do, I'm not going to call it 300 (laughs) Uh, because we'll save 300 for next week and we're going to try to get some great guests for 200, which seems like yesterday we had Katie Nolan, we had Mina Kimes, we had uh, Joe Fan. You know, we're not going to have a real estate agent on the show this time. Sorry, Joe. Um, But. We will try. We will try to bring some some good good fun for the 300th episode. That brings us to Nathan Ernst at Nathan E11. Nathan, how you doing, man?
1: Pretty good. Pretty good. I had a very productive dad day. I uh, got my garage cleaned up. I made a dump run. I uh, built a bookshelf the other day. I put some books on it. So uh, yeah, feeling very very good about myself right now. Nathan, what's <laughs> your like shirt? Like
2: that? Right? Um, well,
1: it's actually perfect. It says "Rad Dad." It's a, <laughs> I love it. It's a it.
0: shirt.
1: <laughs> I love it. One of the best nice. shows of all time, Bluey.
2: <laughs> Someone wants to know if you are wearing a Rad Dad shirt. There, I they're... am wearing
1: a Rad Dad shirt.
3: Absolutely, yeah.
2: <laughs> um. Okay. Let's 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 roll right into this. Um. Yeah, I think you all have heard my perspective. Uh, the the quick synopsis is not happy with where the team is not happy with being pushed around um feel like there's absolutely need for change and uh i'll leave it at that for fear of going into another rant um i'm gonna start with nathan because nathan and i usually don't see exactly things the same way and i'm curious nathan how we're not in reaction to mine uh points but like where are you with this team what's your reaction to where the seahawks the state of seahawks are there is i mean
1: um i uh i i am i'm in a very similar place to where i was when they made the Russ trade and like i think you know very you know talking about not seeing eye to eye all the time you know you were in pete's corner i was in russ's corner um but by the time that that whole thing went down my take was i just want to see one of the big three go um and that it was russ and they got a big haul cool right and that's obviously worked out great um and i i just kind of feel i i don't feel that there has to be change but i don't feel like i I don't think any kind of change moving on from pete moving on from john i've had people yell at me and say hey Moving on from Pete or seeing people say it's insane, they'll never fire Pete, right? They should never do that. Okay, now well, maybe they should. And I've had people that got really mad when I said I think John Schneider should go. And I, you know, that's still kind of where I lean right now. Um, but I also think that there is enough with this team today that if they want to roll it back for another year, I kind of get it. So um very entertaining podcast material here. I don't have a strong opinion
2: oh, anyway. Uh like podcast death.
1: I know I know I mean my like I said I still lean towards making a change with John I think the way that this they've continuously tried to build this team and they've been doing it for like a very long time it's a very demonstrated pattern that needs to change and I just don't know that it will with John still around
2: so let me let me poke at that a second before I bring in Dana and Evan on the same topic so so from what you've seen over the really the you know since the Rust trade and and even beyond um The trajectory that you see is what like is this team is this team better than it was the year before is it worse is it the same
1: no i mean i think i'll pat myself on the back here a little bit you know coming into the year i thought this was a team that was not meaningfully better than last year and i think that has more or less borne itself out and you know we were talking about this in the chat and dana you said like hey this isn't a fun time to be a seahawk fan but there are a lot of teams in much worse shape. And my take on it was this is a B minus team that is well positioned to stay a B minus team. And so I really think that's what the trajectory is right now. I don't see it cratering and I don't see how they like get up into that like Niners Ravens tier right now.
2: So so if that's the case, is that with your first position being like, basically okay if they run it back, but you know, would lean towards changing John. Is it like, are you okay with that trajectory? You think that there's a reason to believe that it will change. And so you, you, it's not that you're okay with the trajectory. You actually maybe do see a chance for it to change. Or, or are like I, I'm trying to square those two things.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's likely, uh, but you know, Devin Witherspoon is awesome. Maybe he takes another step forward. Tariq Woolen maybe figures some stuff out and gets even better and kind of grows the way we would had hoped he would grow. Um, you know, you have a bunch of guys that you can cut for cap room uh Gino you know after kind of a a shaky end of the last year and up and down start of this year like he looked awesome in the Steelers game I saw and so I think you can feel really good about him as a quarterback and Tyler looks like you know he's declining but maybe they'll be graceful and so you you can squint at this roster and say if they do a few things right and they get a little lucky maybe they can jump up and, you know, contend to make a Super Bowl or something. And, and now that's not really what I want to see. Uh, and I really don't want to see them continue to build this team the way they have with these, like, win-now moves to just keep themselves at this B-minus level. Um, but I, I I don't think it's crazy to look and be like, this team could grow and get better.
2: Okay. Dana, Pointed more pointed question for you. Got it. Do you, Pete, Pete and John,
3: mm-hmm.
2: do you want them back? Yes or no?
3: I don't, I don't have as strong of a feeling about John coming back. Um, uh, I think that the last two years of the draft have almost given him a new life, right? Like we, we feel a little better about what John Snyder's is doing right now. Um, so i don't have a strong of a feeling about as nathan does about john um i i would be fine with him staying um pete is the question mark and and for me you know i'm a pete carroll fan i'm not a pete carroll cult member i do see his flaws very well but i i i am okay with I, i'm okay with pete as a coach however It's pretty obvious that we're getting to the end of the peat time, right? And so if they decided to move on from peat, my heart would not be broken. And I know that's sitting on a fence a little bit, but I can kind of see it both ways. Um, And so I think that that's, that's a really interesting question. I think I can see both scenarios where ownership might say, okay, it's time, Pete, you need to go. We're going to let you retire. They'll never fire him. I truly believe they won't fire him. It will be a different process for him to go. Um, and then if they do, if he leaves as coach, are they keeping him on as EVP, right? Like, so is he still in the front office? Do we still have to deal with him that way? So I think that that's, it's an interesting conversation. What, can I talk about this roster for just a second though? And I know that wasn't the pointed question, but Nathan brought up the roster and there were some obvious cuts that need to be, um talked about and we will one of the patreon questions is directed right at me it's about Quandre, and so i will answer that very honestly but when the pro bowl rosters came out today it surprised me mm-hmm. so they had three members that came out and we didn't talk about the pro bowl but we had three members um, of the team that were voted to the pro bowl Interesting enough what is there seven or eight alternates And none of those alternates were in the top 10 of voting, which means the coaches and the players voted them in. And to me, that says something that maybe we as fans are missing. And that is how respected some of these players are too. So to Nathan's point, could you see good chunks of this roster moving us forward in the future? Yes. I don't know that the combination of Pete and John and this roster will do it though. So
2: can I, can I ask for just your like, Give me some emotion. Do you want... Are you going to be more upset if Pete is here next year or if Pete's gone?
3: Um, My heart, I'll probably be more sad if he's gone just because okay. it's that's, just that's the end of an fine. era. Not necessarily the coaching aspect of it, just the end of an era. I'm probably going to feel really weird. when Bill Belichick is out of here too. It's just, it's the turnover. It's the changing of the guard. It's when you get some of those. And so emotionally, yeah, I'm going to be real sad when Pete leaves. I enjoy watching him on the sideline. I enjoy his interactions with these players. I I enjoy him as a person on the field. I don't, I won't be sad that we might get a chance to have something new.
2: Interesting. uh, Evan, you've been very patient. I appreciate that as, as usual. Uh, I'll try not to bully you this show, Um, but I can't, no promises. So I know you want to see Pete go, so I'm not going to ask you that. What would, do you, first of all, do you want to see John Schneider go as well?
0: Um, I, I think I'd like a fresh start from John Schneider as well. Like Dana or Nathan brought up like the recent draft pick success, but like, he is a knack for, with the exception of the Russell Wilson trade, just making trades that jeopardize the short, medium, and long-term future of this team. Like, we have enough evidence to show that he gets, I don't know if it's impulsive, but their, their, their trades are problematic and they set this franchise back. We have more than enough evidence of this. For me, the real argument with moving on from Pete, um, and I'll admit where I was wrong on something, um, for years, I complained about Pete Carroll's approach to the offense. You know, trading Russell Wilson was obviously against that. Um, he breathed new life and optimism um, into me when it came to his development of Geno Smith. To me, that's completely absurd. What we've seen over the past couple of years from Geno, just resetting our expectations from two years ago, obviously blown those apart. The real argument for moving on from Pete, from my perspective, is the trajectory of this this defense? This is a defense that is getting progressively worse three straight years in a row, by DVOA metrics, tons tons of other metrics as well. But twenty in twenty twenty one, number twenty two in 2023, 2022, and then now twenty fourth ranked in twenty twenty three. I think they were like thirteen in twenty twenty, but in twenty nineteen they were like twenty eighth. So this is like a this is a defense, guys. We have not had a competent. We have not had a top ten defense in like seven
2: Over years. Yeah, it's it's like like time.
0: like it's been a long time. And I was I was looking this up. I knew I knew Seattle had an expensive defense, but I didn't even realize they were the eighth most Highest paid defense in the NFL. They've underperformed across the board. They've invested resources across the board. I mean, when you look at players like I was, I, I just pulled up their draft pick history just to refresh some of my memory. There's players, I mean, the Reek Woolen, I think, uh, lack of year over year advancement that I think we expected from him is super concerning to me. Maybe he figures it out, but there's a lot of players that they have just not hit on. And this is a declining. There's, there's there's a lot of older vets on this defense that are probably not going to be here next year, frankly. So maybe there's some opportunity for some new faces. But guys, this is like a defense. Like I, I don't know how you can point to the defensive results and be like, I, I don't know how you feel confident in Pete Carroll. I don't, I don't know
2: that anyone does. And J-Rod has a question for you on screen here. I don't know if you,
0: you noticed it or not. Did my dog just take a shit? <laughs> Oh, you scared the hell out of me, man! <laughs> oh my God, no, no, Princess the Land does no. not poop inside the house. There's,
2: there, people wanted to know, so I was trying to be patient uh, and making sure you, you answered Here, that question. But
0: let me, let me finish off by just saying, yeah, I, I have limited evidence to believe that Pete Carroll can build another powerhouse defense. I want to feel confident.
2: What does any? Can anybody make that case? But like what- who's the defensive coordinator he's hired that makes you feel like that the, no, they can do exactly. something exactly?
0: But it's what? like we we focus so much on the offense always as like underperforming relative to their talent. But like this defense, I forget. I think people forget has been a nightmare for like seven or eight years running.
2: Well, okay, now I'm gonna rant for a second because we have this all on video. Uh, we have a podcast full of this where for all the years that the battle was let Russ cook and that the offense is being held back by Pete, I was on this show and I was writing on the blog. Part of what was pissing me off is you're focused on the offense. It's the defense that sucks now. The defense is what's significantly different than what it was before, and it's getting worse. Mm-hmm. And all the all the focus was like, yeah, yeah, but what wins is offense, what wins is quarterback. Let's just get the quarterback fixed and like optimize right. for that. And like it has been a absolute shit show on defense forever. And that's the part, Dana, you and I are defense people. Like I like offense. I like like I loved watching them against the Cowboys. I like I do like watching a really I loved when Russ the read option where nobody could stop that offense. That was fucking awesome. Like I love that. But at my core, the thing that that just eats at my soul is watching my team just give up chunks of yards especially if it's on the ground especially if it's straight ahead like repeatedly and that's what we've got for mm-hmm. years the like it's just that's the part evan that i just i want to change and i just want it now i mm-hmm. i don't i do not i do not want anything like change give me change
3: can uh, I can I say something about just kind of NFL coaching in general? I was I was telling Brian before the show started that I was doing some research for a different podcast that I was on, and I came across some interesting stats that are NFL wide that I think because what we've talked about this Brian a million times on here, you want ownership to change because you want an owner that's competitive, right? And you want an owner that's not afraid to make changes and get in there. Rose
2: things at fans from his box. Oh, that's shit. Kind yeah, of find a fine three hundred thousand dollars. Jesus, what a dumbass. Yeah,
3: I know. So interesting thing I found out. So, and I wrote them down just to make sure I got them all right. But so I just looked over, it's like, how much turnover is there in NFL coaching every year? And 25% of the head coaches average, 25%, um, there's a 25% turnover. That's one in four. That's one coach per division, right? That's a lot. That's a lot of coaches. And that's just head coaches. That doesn't talk about coordinators or anything else. As of the beginning of this season, so the 2023 season, Only 10 head coaches in the league had been there with their teams prior to 2020. So that means that all of them are three years or less, right? And we talk about that. The average lifespan of an NFL coach is about three to four years at most. And that's if a team really likes them, right? And they're doing somewhat better. But this was the most interesting thing. And I wonder if it gives us a little insight into ownership that has a tendency to hold on to some of these coaches that maybe they shouldn't. So at the end of the 2022 season, if you had gone five years before that, so really 2017 to 2022, NFL ownership had paid $800 million to head coaches and execs that were no longer working for them, <laughs> that were no longer yeah. helping their company, really is what it is, $800 million. So I wondered sometimes, that was fascinating to me, and I wondered if... That is why some owners, the Steelers, Mike Tomlin's been there for how long? At 500, right? 500, 500, 500. He's just been there forever. And I love Mike Tomlin. Pete Carroll. Some of these other coaches, even the good Harbaugh, John Harbaugh, who had some really bad years with the Ravens there for a while. I mean, it's not like it's all been roses the whole time. He's done a little bit better than Seattle has of bringing it back, but you know, they hold on to these coaches. And I wonder if sometimes these, these numbers are why they know that getting a new head coach is not a guarantee for anything. And a lot of times it's a really good chance of not doing well for a while, at least a while. And then the money that's involved that they'll have to pay out whether they're there or not. So I think that sometimes I, as a fan, at least forget the business aspect of this. And I wonder if that is part of it. And, and I think that When you have a Pete, a a coach like Pete, who's very well respected around the league, whether the fans believe that or not, he is very well respected around the league, who has had moderate success, still getting, you know, people, you know, in the stands and still have players that want to play for him. I wonder if sometimes that with the business aspect is why they keep them around and why these breakups are so difficult sometimes. Doesn't mean it doesn't need to happen. But I I think
2: There's no doubt that the business stuff plays a Mm -hmm. role and John and Pete just got extensions a couple years back, which is part of why, you know, we've been pretty clear on this show. We didn't Mm -hmm. think they were going to get let go. And I think that this is not, I mean, it's Jody Allen's team, but she still is owner by proxy in my mind. And so does she really want to spend money that she could otherwise be walking away with to not have someone coach? Like, I, I just don't, I don't know that that makes a lot of sense for a lot of reasons. And talked about this with Brady Henderson on on Mitch's podcast, but but Brady, you know, I think there's understanding that that like the deadline to 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 sell or like not the deadline, but the the time at which they can sell without having the tax implications moved back a year from 2024 to 2025. So. There was some reason to believe that May of this coming year that this team would be sold or right around there. There's now reason to think it's going to be a full year after that. And I do, I think Nathan might have been the person who brought that. I can't remember who brought it up, but like there is a question of like, would Jody really fire somebody if she knows she's going to sell in 2025? And if Jody and Pete and John have all picked 2025, their contracts go to that point. Is it just all pointing to? this is all going to be the same folks until 2025. Then they're going to sell and the new owner will bring in the new people. Like, is that, that seems like the most likely outcome, whether I like it or not, Nathan, I'm curious, like your thoughts on that.
1: I mean, I guess, I mean, who knows with all the ownership stuff, right? That's maybe she'll keep the team. Who knows? Right. I mean, maybe she does care a ton. Uh, um, Who knows? Uh, But the thing that's really hard to like, I think the reason that I don't have a really strong opinion here is this isn't like when it was Russ versus Pete and you could, a lot of people disagreed, but like the argument was, you have an opportunity, you have a, a ceiling with a hall of frame, a window with a hall of fame quarterback, go, you know, fire Pete, go get Doug Peterson or go get, you know, whoever the hot offensive name was at the time, right, and see if you can maximize this quarterback and ride that to a Super Bowl. Now, a lot of disagreement about that. Obviously, Pete ended up winning it. But that was the argument. And it and it made, like, whether you thought that would work or not, I think it makes sense that, you know, hey, let's take this, you know, great player at the most important position in, in football and try to build around him and let that carry us to a Super Bowl. If you fire Pete now, if you fire John now, if you clean house, what does it get you? I don't think it gets you anything. I don't think it's sudden – like, there's nothing that, like, oh, you just need to go get this guy, some guy that will unlock all this defensive talent. Oh, you just need to go get somebody that will turn this, like, offense into something – Better than like, yeah. You could probably, you can certainly probably maximize the defense, and you may be able to find somebody that can get more out of the offense. But I just don't see this like quick fix. I, yeah. I, I really think this team eventually needs a teardown, and so I don't see. I, I just don't. I, I just don't have like this idea that oh, you're gonna go solve the problem for next year and suddenly be really good.
0: Well, I think anybody making the argument for for change is hopefully not thinking about like year one, immediate positive turnaround because I'm not like I want a new regime because I think they could obtain higher levels of success years two, three, four down the road. I don't think this team could be competing for a Super Bowl next year. Um, am I off base? Do you guys sense different perspectives in the fan base or
2: no I I think that there is absolutely some concern in the fan base or at least uh, some group that feels, You're moving on from Pete to what? You're moving on from John to what? And I think that those are always going to be valid questions to ask. And there's this belief of, you know, we might have the best coach we're going to get. We might actually end up with another Jim Moore for all we know and go even further down and be even worse and whatever. And I've made that argument to you guys years back, right? Like I had doubts about uh, like really upgrading at the coach position. Um, I'm at the point where I I don't care if it's another Jim Mora, like I'm ready. I do not believe Pete Carroll and his decisions at the coaching level, like the, who he hires to be his assistant coaches. That is not a one time, two time, one year, two year. That is now a 10, 15, like almost his entire tenure here has been full of making bad choices of who to hire at those positions and i think they ultimately i think pete's a great ceo coach but he's not a great like he doesn't bring some specific scheme at this point or some specific coaching advantage on the field that's playing out so like i want change there i want change i would be happy to have dan quinn come in whatever that would look like i also believe and this is where maybe i'm a little different than you evan push comes to shove i would keep john and i would hopefully convince pete to step aside and have a new coach brought in because i think what people don't understand is how much of draft and personnel decisions is based off of coaching they the scouts work hand in hand with the coaches tell me that there hasn't been a change in the type of offensive lineman drafted from tom cable to mike solari to where we are now like it, it absolutely matters who your coaches are that are saying this is the scheme i want to run these are the players i need to run that scheme and here's how i'm going to coach them up into it and so i feel like the coaching tree is just rotten and needs to be just pulled out at the root pulled out at the trunk however you want to say it and put a new put a new one in there um and and see if John with that person has some different results. Um, that that I think would make some sense to me.
1: I think that's definitely the hardest thing to like advocate for Pete. Uh, that that's the biggest argument against Pete is like we really want to give him his opportunity to hire his like fifth defensive coordinator, sixth okay. defensive coordinator at this point. I, I don't I don't have faith there, right? But then I think the problem with you know just rolling it with rolling it, uh, continuing to go forward with John is like we've seen the talent cap on this team and we've seen like, they're not like structured in a way they have not built this team in a way that they're all, all these young players are going to hit at the same time. They're going to have an awesome group of all pros or something like that. And this is how he's been doing it forever. And so, you know, maybe Pete goes and there's a rebuild period or something like that. And John gets some grace years or something like that. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think there's arguments against all of these options and I don't see anything where it's like, oh, do this, try to maximize this, try to, like, try to, you know, fix this one problem and then see what it gets you. It all just kind of looks like it's leading to a teardown to me. And I'd rather enjoy a couple years with this team making the playoffs, maybe they get a win, you know, and then go through it. I just don't, I'm not in any hurry to throw away the team right now.
3: Can I can I say this too? I'm seeing a lot in the chat and I see a lot on Twitter that people compare um roster building and coaching of Seattle to San Francisco. And one thing that I think I need to I I, I like to remind people is number one, what has all this blue chip talent and all this fantastic coaching done for San Francisco? If your goal is a Super Bowl, it hasn't done shit. They haven't won a thing, right? And that I go back to because they've been Shanahan, but that's a whole other conversation. But at the same time, at least they're in there and in the trenches. And Brian, you asked us that one time, and I think you even talked about it on here. What would you prefer? One Super Bowl and a bunch of bad years or being a contender and all of that. It just depends on where your fan base is, what you enjoy to watch every single week. And so I think that's where a lot of this fire, keep, Pete, gut the roster, don't gut the roster conversation comes from is what do you truly want to watch each week? Do you want a team? Because you said you're Super Bowl or bust, Brian, and I respect that, right? For me, I want—I get a little of my fan ego filled when people are like, "Oh crap, we have to play the Seahawks." You know what? They show up out of nowhere and beat the crap out of you sometimes. That Wait, makes did me happy. Say that, that to you. They well, not this year, but, but they have. The in last the past, time yeah. they
2: said that to you, um, honestly.
3: Well, even last year when Gino started doing well, they're like, mm. "Oh, here we go again." And so it comes. But that's what I'm saying. Over the years, that was always. Having that respect is good for me. I want a Super Bowl. I do. Don't think I don't. I want to go into the playoffs and I want to play well. But if you're true Super Bowl or bust, then we can't constantly compare to San Francisco because they haven't won anything. And if you just want a good. So I think that's where some of this discourse lies in the Pete, not Pete. What what Nathan said, you know, what do you want to see? Do you want to enjoy this team for a few more years before maybe they go to shit for five? I, I think that's so much of it. Hmm. And none of it is wrong. It's both right. They're both right. Absolutely.
2: We should take some Patreon questions. Um, so, uh,
3: oh, I don't know. Am I allowed to do them, Nathan?
2: Yes, you are. Dana. Thank you for looking those up. Uh, I'll take that as an opportunity to just remind folks to give the show a like and subscribe to the channel and go to patreon.com slash to sign up and get access. So you can ask us questions as well. I've got a, more questions to ask of this crew, but I want to let the patrons do it a little bit as well. So Dana, what do we have for tonight?
3: quite a few, a lot about contracts and a lot about do we keep this player, that sort of thing. So this first one is the one from Mark Zuck. He asked for me specifically, Say, question for Dana, maybe putting you on the spot is what he said. Do you catch, um, did you catch the clip of Quandre not helping Bobby out on the Najee touchdown? Mm. He seemed this way last year as well until he showed up for the last four to five games. Is he acting like a leader? Is he a bad fluent influence on the other players? I don't think he's a bad influence. But there is something dreadfully missing from Quandre Diggs the last couple of years that I saw, in my opinion, that spark when he first got here. He was so excited to be here. And he had all those interceptions. You guys know I've been waiting for pick six for him for three stinking years now, right? And we just haven't got it. I- I'm, I'm over that. And that makes me a little sad because I do enjoy him as a player. But does anyone feel any different? I mean, he's just meh now.
0: It's not like he's like blowing insane coverages or anything, sure. but it's like we, I think we rightfully expect um, high performance from him because he's one of the highest paid players on this team. Maybe not one of the highest, but he's like top six or seven. Next year. I next am. year he will be for sure. I mean, next year, let's just be clear. He's at twenty twenty two million in cap hit. So Don't odd. think they're going to go with that. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, he's I been feel better like since
2: little... Love started playing with him, but it's still it's still like the tackling. There's some people that seem to not care about the tackling.
0: That's so weird to me. Like, why do people not care that a safety tackles well? Can somebody explain that to me?
2: I think maybe it's more about the fact that they value the coverage part more. For the no, and I get that, that
0: but like he's put in some pretty bad tackling performances
2: yeah yeah
1: i think the i mean the one thing with him is he's not supposed to be your can chancellor right no uh and the thing that he is supposed to be good at he's still good at he's he's not like a bad coverage player at all mm-hmm. um, so if a lot of the guys around him are doing their job um then i think Quandre's tackling is passable right it's not good um but it's not it it shouldn't be a problem for what they want out of him and it's a problem because other guys who are supposed to be doing the cleanup and the tackling aren't
2: i think i think it's it's not just tackling for me that is a big thing but it's also this guy just doesn't make as many plays as i'm looking for for a guy that's going to be making 29 million in the cap next year or whatever i mean it's tyler's 29 that's 22 yep. whatever well, it is like
1: 29 million tyler's 29
0: is that true? andre's
2: 22
0: that can't be true next year tyler's 27 next year 27 wow yeah they reached restu- <laughs> i think they re. didn't they do it yeah they, did. they sure yeah. did these fuckers with their goddamn restructures they need to stop this they need to stop this. There's one the way Jamal to do that. That's
2: that's most likely not coaching related. Anyway, <laughs> right, okay. be interesting. Um, and you should line up the contract questions like one mm-hmm. after the other for Evan to knock down here.
3: Um, most of them, they're not really contract specific. They're player specific. So, um, this one is assuming we cut. And this is also for Mark. Assuming we cut Draymond Jones, Quandre Diggs, Jamal Adams. Do we not, re- we do not re-sign Brooks, Fant, Lewis, but do sign Williams. Which position do you go after in free agency? And which position do you fill with your top 15 draft pick?
1: Can, can we pause on this question for just a second?
3: Sure. Right. How
1: insane is it that Draymond Jones was signed this offseason, like at the start of this year, He With, like, quite a bit of fanfare. We all had expectations for him. He's been completely invisible. And I feel like his name just comes up as, like, a likely cut. But it's not, like, no one talks about this dude. He's so invisible out there. He's not terrible. He doesn't make bad plays. He just doesn't do much of anything. And now it's just out there that, like, he could be a cut. And I don't think that's really realistic. But it's not, Mm -hmm. like, a weird... It's not crazy to be thinking that
2: either. It's been coming up much more recently, what I didn't even think it made sense to cut him. Like, what is what would the contract implications be to cut Draymond Jones after one season?
0: Yeah, it, they gave him a lot of guaranteed money, guys. They gave him like 20, so 23 million fully guaranteed on a 51 million dollar deal, which is like a high, pretty relatively high percentage. They could, so his cap hit next year is 18.2. They could pre June first cut him with only like 4.8 savings. They could post June it and do like 11.5, but it splits it over two years. It's just not ideal. Mm -hmm. It's not as much as you would think it
2: would be. There's no way they're gonna cut him.
1: I don't think. I I don't don't think think so either. either, Yeah. I just think it's so crazy that this is like this is a fan base that lost their mind over like Carrie Williams, Uh, and you know some of these different signings that they've made over the years. And fairly, like you know that was some of these were bad, but like this was a huge signing. And he's been completely invisible, and now his name's just kind of floating around out there as a potential cut. Which I again, I agree, it's not realistic, but like nobody's nobody bats an eye at it. Like, but here's the
2: thing: is like if they're signing, if they had given that contract to Leonard Williams, I I wouldn't have had any question about it.
1: I'd be really happy about it.
2: Yeah, hundred percent. And and like the fact that they gave it to this, this is my question last week for Jeff when he was talking about all the. Cut, you know we could make and the cap room we could open up and i'm like i don't know if i want more big free agent signings like how many of those have worked out for the this like almost none right so anyway uh it's
1: we'll gonna be it fire uh john schneider
0: it's gonna be really interesting i'll just say to see what they do with damian lewis and what his market looks like
2: lewis and brooks are those questions in the in the chat? People have questions about Brooks. Well,
3: uh, not Lewis, but but Brooks. It says, do um, they if they don't resign Brooks?
1: Oh man, can you repeat the question, Dana? Sorry, I'd be I didn't happy to.
3: Okay, assuming we cut um, Jones, Diggs, Adams, and not and do not resign Brooks, Fant or Lewis. Oh, he did say Lewis. I apologize for that. But do sign Williams, which I have a thought on that one. Which position do you go after in free agency, and which position do you fill with your top fifteen pick?
0: Mm. I, I need I got, to do. I need not, to do I'm like not
3: a, up on the draft yet, guys. I it's. I'm not I there ne- yet. Sorry.
0: I need to do like a fresh pre-agency analysis in in preparation for this off season. So I really haven't taken like extensive look. What's
2: the first pick you want the, to spend in the draft? Position doesn't have to be player.
1: They bring back Williams. Yes. <laughs> then, but Brooks is gone. That's what I'm saying, man. This team's gonna—I don't think that there's an—it's—it's it's like if it's middle linebacker, I'm okay with that. If it's offensive, like interior offensive line, I'm okay with that. If it's offensive tackle, yeah, they—I think they almost like are going to have to draft an offensive tackle high or or get a like starter uh, capable offensive tackle. Because mm-hmm. uh, you
2: don't believe Abe Lucas is is a sur- there's sure thing.
1: There. Right right
2: yeah
1: also like cross none
2: of you said quarterback oh no i don't Oh, I don't if Penix is wait, there wait, wait 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 wait. sorry dana we're gonna take a little detour oh. so evan you are like Poor salivating <laughs> you didn't this say did... quarterback right away though
0: i did not i did not um there's a lot of areas of need on this team so i think you can make a, an argument for a lot of spots but i've always believed and this is not an anti-geno take Because Gino, as of recently, has been absolutely balling. And I think for what he's going to cost next year, it's a no-brainer to keep him. Um, There were stretches this year where he was struggling, but he's obviously improved as the year has gone on. Um, Gino's not young, though, guys. Like, I think he's 34.
2: He's a year younger than Russ, but yes.
0: 34 years old. Um, If you believe, and we talk about trusting John Schneider and Pete Carroll when it comes to quarterback development, if you trust them and... And you have confidence in them, and you know they believe their guy is there at fifteen. You take that franchise quarterback at fifteen.
2: Uh, you got to poke on that for a second, though. Of what course, if the guy mean? drops to you, if quarterbacks your priority, do you move up?
0: No, no,
2: you don't. So yeah. you you wouldn't package picks or anything. You like you wouldn't like get your your franchise quarterback next year interesting
0: okay tell
1: me you think michael Penix is a franchise quarterback but if you're picking 20 and he's at 16 you don't go get him
0: i'd probably move up to 16 but i'm not moving up to like the top five or something like that
2: yeah that's Um, more what i was asking i'm not
0: i'm not trading future first yeah 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 that's
2: what that's the country and so but nathan you are like no don't take a quarterback in first round is that what i was hearing yeah
1: i wouldn't i mean why it's just – I don't uh, – like, Gino should be good for three or four years. Gino, you can win a Super Bowl with Gino. Uh, and, and not just with him, but he can help you win a Super Bowl. Um, so, I, I don't, like – again, I, I don't know. If you if they commit to a rebuild and they want to trade Gino and they want to trade uh, a bunch of dudes, cool. Like, do it. Trade Tariq Woolen. Trade Gino. Trade some of these guys. Um, tra- maybe trade DK, um, and tear it down, but like, uh, if um, unless you're gonna do that, I don't think it makes sense to take a quarterback that high. Unless, I mean, if they fall, if they pick like 2021, something like that, and you know, one of these guys falls all the way to there, I mean, maybe, but I don't know, I, I don't really see it.
0: It's not their top
3: priority, it shouldn't no. be their top priority,
2: by the way. Maybe. Evan, Gino is 33,
3: not 34. Yeah. Okay. Can can I say that this is interesting because I I went on the Slack channel and again, if you have not joined the Patreon, you get access to the Slack channel, you could have answered this question too. So I got on there and I said I was going to regret it, but actually it turned out fantastic. And I asked everyone on the Slack channel, um, if focusing on the quarterback position, leaving coaching out of it, because I didn't want it to be a mess, um, if Gino is gone next year, either by trade or they cut him or whatever, and if Seattle had a chance to trade for a veteran quarterback not leaving the rookies out of it um who would you want them to look at and what would you be okay paying with uh, you know paying for them 18 replies not one of them said get rid of Gino every single one of them wanted to keep Gino for one more year and i was so impressed and so surprised um they it was i mean everybody man everybody, everybody was like, if Gino's out, I'd love Minshew. Minshew's name was brought up multiple (laughs) times, which I knew would make Brian very happy, but only if it was Gino that, like, they got rid of him for some Mm. reason. Um, But everyone's like, personally, I'd keep Gino. This one's like, "Mm, yeah, but Gino's just, you know, fine. Uh, Fields, Justin Fields was the other one. Troy Fagan threw in there Jake Browning for $15 year deal. I don't know about that, Mm. but... Um, I was really surprised by that. That because I, I knew that a lot of us, you know, were impressed with Gino and wanting, you know, maybe to keep him around at least one more year or seeing how that would be beneficial. But um, I was surprised that that all of them felt that way too. So
0: can I just side, say something? Can I, can I just say something? Can
3: I just say something?
0: I'm not a Gino yeah. I'm not a geno groupie. I know you're not. I'm not a geno groupie. Okay. No. You've been a long, you're, you're a reluctant Gino fan. I'm, I am a, yes, I'm a reluctant Geno fan. I'm not a Geno groupie. Okay. You hear that's Snohomish Seahawks fans. I'm not a Gino groupie, but Gino is not the, he's not the long-term solution at quarterback. No, but if you What's think, long-term, okay, hold up. But if you think he's the problem on this team today, you have something very, very wrong in your brain. Very, very wrong. I want you to go to psychologytoday.com, and I want you to find a therapist because you have damage.
2: We are not giving out medical advice on this show. Please (laughs) take your own wellness into your own hands. We are not liable for your medical decisions.
1: Uh, We should get a better help. Uh, Isn't that what it's called? I know. The, uh, uh, yeah, and then every week we can tell you why you're crazy for not liking a uh, player. I just I hate help. seeing that
0: take, man. I hate seeing it. It I'm is. It's, it's
2: bizarre, and look, I, I think I agree very much with what Nathan said, which I always do. Um, I think Gino is a very, very good quarterback. I'm really happy to have him on the team. I don't think there should be a question about whether you bring him back where I think that there is a disconnect where there's like a breakdown in the conversation is everyone seems to think drafting a quarterback means that's because of Gino. I think you got to friggin' do that because of Drew Locke. Drew Locke is the person that should not be on this roster. He has no future. He will never be as good or better than Gino. So get rid of that position, pay less than you're paying there, hopefully, but maybe not, or have a first round pick that gets a year behind Gino. And if they end up if they end up actually pushing Gino for for a spot, great. Then you move on from Gino. If they don't, but they're very good, that's also good. Bill Belichick traded Jacoby Brissett and Jimmy Garoppolo for a lot of draft capital. So um
0: can I answer just one question? Yes, please, go chat? ahead. So Answer the question,
2: restate the question so people listening and not watching can uh, know what you're answering.
0: Good point. Jen Maz in the chat asks, how's Gino tracking on his incentives? He had five different incentives in his contract that each escalated uh, his additional base salaries by two mil each. I'm just pulling it up real quick, but he's on track to not hit um, four out of five of them. So if you remember, the deal was reported as three years, 105 million. It's really three years, 75 million base. And it escalates if he hits those incentives. So what it is, is, um, so, okay, here it is. So the only one he may hit is 80% playtime, which he does have. And the team has to net either 10 wins. They're not going to do that because they're 8-8. Eight and eight, Or make the playoffs. So if they make the playoffs next year, or next week, uh, then his salary for 2024 will increase by 2 million right now. He's slated. Let's assume they don't make the playoffs. It's 31.2 million next year. If they do make the playoffs, it'll be 33.2 million.
2: Wait, does that have any impact on this year's? No. Okay. It's just next year. Yep. Okay. Interesting. Anyway. So I just think, I think people keep getting a little lazy on that conversation and I don't think it's about Gino. I think that should be a no brainer. But I think they should. I think they should draft a quarterback. And if if they really like Michael Penix and he's there and they're at fifteen, I'm not going to hate that pick. The the value potential if you hit that pick, the value for this franchise is 10x of what any other position. If you hit that pick, and I think they got to be taking lottery tickets at this point. Like they got to be swinging big. My second position is exactly what Nathan and I again agree: interior offensive line. Um, or offensive line in general like that's I would be happy I will be the things that will just set me off is Jordan Brooks Damian Lewis getting long-term deals those guys are not spending second contract money on those two guys is not going to help this team get significantly better
0: there's nothing worse than just overpaying like a very mediocre talent um, just because you have the need there yeah it's just not worth it
1: I disagree about Brooks, but I think we've answered every question but the Patreon question.
2: So. <laughs> we did, okay. we did we did a little bit. Okay. We we can move on to the next we one. The we right. questions.
3: So all right. So this one is from Sam Brown. It says, "As and, and let me tell you, his name is Sam Brown. Justin Fields is a Seahawk. That's just just so you know where his head is at. Love it, Sam. So it says, as a hypothetical, let's say Seahawks fire Clint Hurt, but keep rolling with Pete." which I think many of us can agree is not ideal, but who would your top choice for replacement, assuming no current DCs are planning on making a lateral move? Anyone stick out?
1: We talked about this in the group chat a little bit, and I don't think there were a lot of Mm -mm. interesting suggestions. No
3: clues. Yeah.
1: Um, I don't know that I hate the idea of promoting Carl Scott. Um. So uh, I was listening to the Seattle Overload podcast, uh, Griff and Maddie Brown. Uh, Griff uh, has been talking about Brandon Staley, which I'm sure would evoke some emotions. But uh, the name that they threw out that I'd be, I was shocked and I did not like. uh, What what would you think about Chris Richard coming back?
0: No.
2: (laughs) No.
1: I know. (laughs)
3: <laughs> Sorry, that was know. hilarious.
1: <laughs> the other name I threw out was the Michigan defensive coordinator. Um, he's interesting. Maybe there's an opportunity to snag him if the whole Michigan coaching thing falls apart, which it looks like it will. Um, I don't know. I don't feel like there's a ton of like super interesting guys out there. Ed Donatel. They whiffed on him last year, right?
3: <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's go to the next one. <laughs> um, this one. <laughs> Evan, take a breath. Okay, this is from Zach. Would you trade Gino for a high third-round pick and re-sign Russ?
2: <laughs> My answer is... Evan, Eleanor. I want to hear your answer. Thing. This puts you in a little bit of a bind, doesn't it? What are you going to do?
0: Absolutely not. Of course not
2: this, this is- evan a week ago you said you'd trade you'd trade russell for for gino you'd swap them for
0: yeah that was me just trolling totally okay yeah come on nostalgia
2: okay it's 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 it's
0: russell wilson it's- is washed i love him to death but like come on
2: okay all right, uh, that's good to know
3: I, I none of us feel any different really, right all right we
2: I probably guess. could only do like two more dana okay like eight, so you know. Sign um, up for Patreon, see. and we will not answer your questions. It's Apparently,
3: really because today. we answer all the other ones. Um, let's see. There's a Mariners question in there. I'll let you go in and chat with about <laughs> um, for you. Let's see. Uh, Jason says Bobby wants to play another year, and it sounds like Pete wants him back. Do you think Bobby would be willing to play with restrictions, like only first and second down? Um, this shocked me. Bobby Wagner is second in tackles in the league. Second in tackles in the league. I had no idea. That no does not idea.
2: surprise me. Devin Bush had 17 tackles against the Steelers. I don't know that tackles a really? yes, is a good indication. Yes, he did.
3: I was just shocked because I just feel like I haven't seen him. But anyway, sorry. Anybody yeah. want Bobby back next year?
2: Evan, you had such a look on your face. What were you reacting to?
3: Um, I'm
0: surprised Bobby wants to play another year, to be quite honest with you. It was interesting. I uh, I know he's so involved with like so many different business ventures and stuff. Like I kind of assumed that's what the path he would go down. But... I'm wrong, apparently. So, <laughs>
2: I don't think it's any coincidence that he like shot me a note this week after I called out the Seahawks for being not tough. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure that caught his attention. Uh, right, I have
3: one more and it's a good one. Yeah. All right, so, this one's from Nick. Where does our secondary rank in the NFL? Besides Witherspoon, I don't think anyone else is worth keeping long term.
2: Oh, do you guys yeah, agree? The- I, I like our secondary.
3: I did too. I even like I even like Woolen. Like I don't think
2: he I think people saying he's had such a bad second. Year. He has not progressed, but I think he's been good this year, uh, for the most part. I just think he's had some tackling issues.
0: He's still a very capable corner, let's totally. be clear.
3: Yeah. Like and Julian better... Love, Pro Bowler? He's Yeah, down. I know
0: I speak for all Seahawks fans, the entire fan base, when I just say we're all super stoked that Julian Love has completely ascended this second half of this season and he hundred <laughs> percent earned this Pro Bowl nod. I know everybody's like super grateful for that acquisition, so I just want to be clear about that.
2: Well, I actually agree with that. <laughs>
0: well, I I, sp- I said guys, I speak for
1: every Seahawks earlier? fan. Or are you happy for him?
2: No, I, I've I've been saying that on this show and other places that he had a bad first two to three games and has been quite good since.
1: He was pretty terrible in the Steelers the Steelers game.
0: He was.
3: Yeah, real bad. They I, all were.
2: I felt like the like I didn't have a lot of people in the Steelers game that I was like, yeah, you did well. Um, it was like, okay, who's gonna get run over this time?
0: Not Leonard Williams.
1: Not Leonard Williams.
0: That, that dude's a beast. dude. Can we can we just extend him, please?
3: yeah but listen if to he me walks
0: in free agency though dana
3: i know but listen this is my only concern with this whole pete up in the air question mark thing is why would he want to sign here if he doesn't know who his coach is going to be and so to me if they do a contract with him before free agency that means Pete's staying that's an indication that pete's going nowhere because why else why else yeah. would he wait and see who they decide to hire he's not going to sign before he knows who his coach is he likes money well (laughs) yes fair maybe he really loves the pacific northwest weather but still come on you never know i mean logically i would think you would wait that's just me
2: yeah it it, uh, we'll find out i don't know i I really hope they sign him i do enjoy having players like that um give me a player like that on the interior offensive line Mm. and then i think we're we're Another thing that drives me nuts with Pete is this whole, like, hey, we're not running enough. We're not running enough. It's your team. Stop saying that things aren't doing things that are choice that you could choose. If he overruled a call at the one yard line of the Super Bowl, supposedly, he can overrule a game plan in week seven of the NFL season. So... Shut up about we haven't done something enough or we weren't prepared. Like enough, dude. Like that is even if he's taking bullets for somebody else. Whatever, man. Just get your shit straight. Like play the game you want to play, and if you lose playing that game, great. But well, not great. But at least you know. Stop with the stop with the subterfuge. God.
1: Counterpoint: Don't run the ball more. That's <laughs> you don't need to do that, we if, had that well, if you were coach I would
2: expect you to say we passed the ball we didn't pass the ball enough actually I wouldn't expect you to say that because you would pass the ball enough because it would be your fucking team right Right. <sighs> anyway sorry Dana one more if you want to hit one more
3: yeah okay hold on I closed it hold on I got it okay so oh, no, alright all right, so this one um, it's from I can't see it's from Oh, new year, new Bruin. <laughs> okay, Cross hasn't taken a step forward. Abe's knee sounds like it might be a constant concern. Is there a single position on the O line that doesn't need to be upgraded?
2: I love that question. I know. For I me, I the answer is like on a
1: one-year deal, or he's he's,
2: he's a like, one-year deal, so he'd he'd have to be signed.
1: But yeah, I think you bring Evan Brown back, and between him and Olu, you're totally fine at center.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah, I like those two also. I
2: think you're probably fine with Charles Cross. I don't think you're, I don't think you're like, I don't think that you're drafting a new left tackle. Um, I but think I don't know tangible. that he looks like he's going to be a Pro Bowl level left tackle.
1: Does he look like he's going to get a second contract? Yes, I think so.
2: That's the problem. He's just good enough mm-hmm. to be like, he is a plus starter. He is not like he's an above average starter, I think.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: I think he's fine. Four letter F word fine. You know what I mean? It's like, what do you do?
2: Um, yeah, really bummer about Abe Lucas. He was of everyone on the line. That was the guy I enjoyed watching play the position the most and actually brought the most physicality to kind of how they played the position and bummer. Bummer yeah. bummer.
3: Those chronic knees, though, there's nothing you can do about them.
2: <sighs> I hope, I hope there is. Maybe sometime we'll get lucky. But um, all right. Well, thank you for the patron questions. Thank you, Dana, for asking them. I know we we're at the hour, so we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up relatively quickly. We will not be going for 90 minutes tonight. Um, I did not write my cardinals, my like tail of the tape this morning. I don't really give a shit what happens in this game. I don't give a shit. I don't care what happens. I don't care. They could win 75 to one. It would not, you know, it will do nothing for me. So I don't care. I don't care what it means. I don't, I certainly don't care if they back into the playoffs for a second straight year. Um, So does anybody care? Do any of you care?
0: I I cared enough to... Buy tickets to the game.
2: Yeah, that's right. I can't. Do you have your paper uh, bag ready? Is, is Josh Is Josh going to come through for you?
0: I don't know. I need to project manage him a little bit harder because he, you hasn't, do. he hasn't sent me updates. Josh is going to the game too. Um, so if you're going to the game, by the way, this week, you're a Seahawks fan because you're a Seahawks fan listening to this podcast, please tweet at us. Let us know what you're doing pregame. I know there's always fun festivities in Arizona, but... Yeah, um, I'm planning to hold up a sign.
2: Don't tell anyone what's going to be on
3: it. That was my suggestion. Good for you.
0: Because I'm really, this is like the closest I think I've ever sat at a Seahawks game. I'm like row five.
3: Are you going to embarrass us, Evan?
0: Most likely, yeah. Always, (laughs) 100%. Of course he
3: is,
2: Dana.
0: Wait, is that even a question? (laughs) That's like, yeah, so actually, if you have any good sign ideas, audience or crew members, please let me know, actually, because I'm open to creative ideas. I don't think I'm gonna wear a bag though over my head because we're not bad enough to warrant that, you know. Like,
2: I don't know. I don't think it would land. I, I think, mm-hmm. it, yeah. Um, It'll be amazing though. Point, it would be funny to to wear a bag for a team that has three times the amount of wins as the team <laughs> that they're playing.
1: Also, when they win and make the playoffs, and you're wearing a bag on your head, <laughs> <laughs> great. Well,
0: high
2: expectations, well, high bar.
0: Wait, isn't the Bears Packers game at night or is it in the morning?
1: I don't think it matters as long as Seattle wins, they're in, right? No, I don't the Packers have up. to lose. No, no, no. And
0: the Bears have to beat the Packers, which the I don't
2: In know. Green Bay. It's exactly like last year except the Bears instead of the Lions.
0: I don't know if I think that's going to happen.
3: I don't know honest. the Bears are looking better. I mean, Justin Fields is fighting for his job. Anyway, oh. that's a whole other conversation. But what? I care. You know why I care? Why I
2: care? Tell, tell, tell because
3: me. Because I don't want to get beat by another divisional opponent. Screw Arizona. I'm not in the mood for that. Let's just go beat the crap out of Kyler Murray and his, he can go play video games for the rest of the year and and we just can just, I don't care if we get in the playoffs. I want them to win this game. They, I really, really want them to win this game. I don't care if it's by one damn point. I just want them to beat them because mm. it's divisional. It's the only reason because it's, it's divisional.
1: I agree with Dana on that. I, I have never and will never forgive the Cardinals for the Bruce Arians era. era. Uh, <laughs> that, like, I still have a fair amount of rage boiling from Derek Anderson doing the stupid dance down the sideline and the whole there's a new sheriff in town thing so uh, losing to the Cardinals always hurts a little bit um I'm also just not ready for the for football to be over we are really close to football being over and the mm. off season is so long how is it week 17 already or 18.
2: yeah um, it's crazy you know Bruce Arians would be a perfect match with Gino and and the receiving core here.
3: You know how you feel about evil Harbaugh? That's how I feel about Bruce Arians, so no thank you. I would have to stop watching Seahawks football. No. Uh,
2: not a crazy no. idea. All right, I'm serious. Like, from an offensive philosophy perspective, it's like a hand-in-glove fit with uh, – I mean,
0: Jim could come to Seattle and hire Bruce as his OC.
2: That is not how it would work. Harbaugh's not coming here. I'm not going to fall for your shit, dude. Harbaugh's not coming here. Um, He's
3: going to go bask in California, son.
2: All right. Well, I'm glad that I'm glad that the three of you care, and I'm glad that hopefully there's other folks that care. Um, I'm very, very bitter right now. I'm, I'm all about Huskies game. Uh, yeah. I'm going to ask you one question about the Huskies. I want to know everyone's opinion on Michael Penix. If the Seahawks took Michael Penix at 15 or 13 or 12, wherever they're going to be um, in the first round, what is your reaction? Dana, yours first. Do you have an opinion? Do you know enough about this guy?
3: I don't know. T- How tall is he?
0: Very. He's a tall. Very
3: big boy. I mean, sure, why not? How's He's he a Looks good. Listen, I can't start college evaluation until January. Okay, I okay. I, I, January. I, I, I know I that a lot of people really like him. So,
2: anyway. Okay, Nathan.
1: I was ready to talk myself into Malik Willis and Devin Ritter. So, yeah, I'll be excited. It'll be great.
2: <laughs> and Evan?
0: Absolutely yeah absolutely yeah it would annoy duck fans too so much
2: well actually i don't know about that there are a lot of duck fans i have a lot i mean my son went to uvo i've got my best friend growing up went to you like i grew up in oregon so i like i have a lot of duck fans around they're all all of them almost just being like it is hard to not respect Michael Penix and that team. Like he is just special and
0: his pocket people, people always are like his offensive line is so good and it is good. But when it collapses under pressure, his pocket presence is elite. It's really good. It's really good.
2: And he gets, he's, he has his internal timer to get rid of the ball is the best I've ever seen at the college level. Like, the people are like, oh, he doesn't get sacked because of his offensive line. He doesn't get sacked because he gets rid of the ball as soon as there's pressure. Like a, As soon as there's potential for it, he gets rid of the ball.
0: He has a good knack he, for feeling pressure, though, too. He does.
1: He has eight years of practicing. Uh, <laughs> like the he's not that old. Years. How old
0: is he, though? He's not that 24. old, isn't he? Like, tw- I don't – I think he's 23. No, no he's twenty
1: it'll oh, be 24 he'll, at the start of the year. It'll be 24 next of the year.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah but are all most of the top quarterbacks are 23 and 24 years old this year, aren't they? I think they all see the next year. Williams now, and
1: like. Drake May are both 22, aren't they?
2: Yeah, they're younger. Oh, okay. They're younger. I I just uh I I do th- that people are like oh, he, he throws to all NFL receivers and he has an NFL offensive like a great offensive line I'm like all you're saying is that like he's made throws to receivers who run good routes and put the ball on the money time and time and time again, none of that's convincing to me about why he won't be good. If he's in the NFL with NFL receivers. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I I'm, I'm a huge fan. Um, I've been a fan for the last two years. (laughs) Um, so I just hope, uh, (laughs) <laughs> nathan just put a comment on penix is so old his kid just committed to you dub
1: i tried to click it but somebody beat me to it Evan, I beat <laughs> that <you>. was a- <laughs> that was so
0: funny <laughs> we've just come a long ways from the siler miles days like do you guys remember that guy oh my god yes converted tight end by the way i got blocked by huskies football twitter in like 2011 for tweeting at them after a gnarly Oregon Ducks loss under Siler Miles. And I and I made it I made a statement that I was a better quarterback than Silas Miles. <laughs> and it got me blocked. And I've been blocked for like a decade.
2: They couldn't block for blocked. him, so they had to block somebody. <laughs>
1: Nothing that someone does when they're like 12 on Twitter should be held against them. So I think they should unblock you, <laughs> Ivan.
0: Was I 12? Okay, I was like 16, but like,
3: come on.
2: You're you're still 12. <laughs> so whatever your actual chronological age Can,
3: is. Is this right? He's had two ACLs?
2: Yes.
0: yes. Yeah.
3: Are you freaking kidding me?
0: Yes, it's true. Every time he runs,
3: I cringe. I'm oh, bad. Lord. And look at but I love I love healthy. the comments going right now. The one Jason says, I'm waiting for Arch Manning. <laughs> we gotta watch it. God, i mean,
0: I love it. He
1: he you healthy that? He's been fully healthy for two years, though. So his whole time at U, he hasn't has... had any issues.
3: Okay, that makes yeah. me feel a little better. But still, yeah.
2: you would love this kid, Dana. Like I've I'm, no, this, I'm. You would be now starting
3: my college stuff. That's why I said we needed to bring Emory on because I'm starting to watch that stuff now. So and the other thing
2: people it. people don't get, I'm not, I'm not comparing him to Peyton Manning. So just like make clear, I'm not comparing to Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning never mobile never got sacked and it wasn't because he had a great offensive line he moved to different teams that had different types of offensive lines he understood where to go with the ball when to get rid of the ball and just got rid of it before the pressure could got could get there so like you do not have to be a scrambler to avoid sacks in fact i don't even think that's the best way to avoid sacks um but that's a that's conversation for another day um. All right. Let's get picks really quick. Uh, Dana, who is going to win this game? What is going to be the score?
3: Seattle's going to win this game, and they're going to win twenty to thirteen. <laughs> it's going to be boring as hell.
2: <laughs> that sounds on brand, Nathan.
3: Um, I think... Remember, Pete said he changed all the defense. It's all different.
1: <laughs> um. Yeah. Yeah. I. Let me let me stew on this for a second longer. Somebody else go.
0: Yeah, I think this is uh an absolutely dominant performance and I think the Arizona Cardinals win thirty-one <laughs> to uh
2: I think the Seahawks will win three to two.
0: How bad would it be if they got blown out? I don't care. You you really don't care. It like doesn't change at all for you.
2: Yeah, do you think if they
1: if they lose I mean, maybe at all, but if they lose, like, you know, clearly lose or or like very similar to the Steeler thing where like they kind of made it. They got it to one score at the end, but, you know, they needed to try an onside, which they shouldn't have tried. But do you think that that affects the likelihood of Pete going or saying or going or, or any of these guys saying or going it
2: has some effect? I, I look back at this. There's been surprisingly few Seahawks seasons through their history that have ended with two straight losses. And um, a decent number of those have resulted in coaching changes. Um, And the more more surprising thing was we've the last four, I think I tweeted this out, the last four times that there's been a negative point differential for the season, one of them was the first year Pete was head coach. So you're not going to fire someone their first year, like in that kind of situation, like I I guess they weren't going to fire Pete. He won the division that year. Um, whatever. But the year before that, Jim Mora, negative point was fired. The year before that, Mike Holmgren, negative point differential, was fired, or like it's part ways. This is the, the gonna be the year the first negative point differential since Pete's first year. Wow. And so if it goes from negative 39 or whatever it is to negative 70, how much effect is that? I don't know. But um it's not good. It's not good. It's not a good state of things. Um did you get did we get a prediction from you yet, Nathan?
1: No. Um
2: who's favored?
1: Seattle by like three and a half, right? Is it? I think that's what it opened at least. Something like that. Yeah, I'm gonna I, I think something about me wants to pick the Cardinals here, but I think it'll be 24-13 Seahawks.
2: Yeah. Um, I promised we'd talk about Pro Bowl, and I forgot to do this. Let's just do a quick beat on this. Um, I, Evan joked about it for a little bit. Um, I was joking a little bit. Uh, I thought it was really interesting that the three guys named the Pro Bowl are all on defense.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of surprised DK wasn't. Uh... He's an alternate. Okay, he's an alternate.
1: Receiver is a tough position to crack into. It is. It's a
2: deep position. Yeah. Um, Julian Love was, I think, the biggest surprise. Even as someone who thought he's played well, I was surprised that he made straight made the Pro Bowl and wasn't an alternate or anything like that. Quandre Diggs, who's been a pro bowler, and people talk about this being a reputation thing. He was an alternate. He's been a pro bowler the last few years. Um, Julian Love wasn't even in the top ten of fan voting, which means as as Dane, I think, brought up, coaches and players voted him in. Um, I actually put more weight on those votes than I do on fan voting. Um, and then the third person that made it was Devin Witherspoon. Did Jalen Carter make it?
0: Mm, Probably not. Good question. Let me look at that up.
2: I thought it was pretty cool, Nathan. What did you think about Witherspoon making the Pro Bowl?
1: Thought was deserved. He's been pretty awesome, um, and it's hard for a rookie to get that. I think uh, it is. So, he did not make
0: the Pro Bowl, Jalen Carter.
2: Someone yeah. just said he's a fourth alternate. <laughs> That's not good. That's
0: I not don't good. know that this uh,
1: means anything about the two, but I mean, I don't know who cares what Jalen Carter does at this point. I think. Witherspoon looks awesome, and so if Carter's great, if he's terrible, whatever. Uh, Witherspoon looks great.
2: Yeah. I, I'll admit, I wasn't sure that they were going to have any pro bowlers this year. Um, so three was a lot more than I expected. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of a joke. I mean, Bobby doesn't... <laughs> Bobby has not played at a pro bowl level. Julian Love has definitely not played at a pro bowl level. Like It's really crazy that he's made it. Uh, and it doesn't even, I'm not even saying bad, right? I'm not I, like I don't think he's been particularly good. He's had good, really good moments for sure. Um, but to consider him a pro bowler is really crazy. He doesn't Plus even me. have the name recognition that you that would like help someone like Bobby, so it's really weird.
0: I don't think CJ Stroud uh made the pro bowl
3: either. Mm-hmm. That was kind of surprising. Josh Allen to me.
1: didn't make the pro bowl. It was Tua Lamar and
3: Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. I'm kinda of surprised Stroud didn't make that.
1: I'm sure he's an alternate or something, isn't he?
0: I don't know if I'm seeing that, to be honest.
3: It's interesting to me is it... has... oh sorry. He is no, an alternate. Good. You're good. What's interesting to me is that uh... I, I've been lucky enough to cover the Pro Bowl and, and these guys love going. You have to keep that in mind. They love going, not just for the money because they all hang out and their families hang out. And it's back in Florida this year, so they'll all go to Disney. I mean, it's like a party, right? Um, but what's interesting to me is <laughs> what's gonna be funny is that Seattle has eight alternates. Eight. That's a lot, right? And so all these people that sit out for whatever reason, they're sick of it, or they make the Super Bowl or whatever it may be, all these people sit out, there could be a shit ton of Seahawks at the Pro Bowl. And that to me is just wild. And that goes back to my original comment that I said about Pete and the way people feel about the Seahawks. Other players feel that way too. They, they, Because all these people came from the coach and players vote because they did not make the top 10 in regular voting. So it, it's interesting to me that they get so much recognition and it's, you know, Michael Dixon, who deserves a DK Pe- names that people know, but then Gino's back in there. Kenneth Walker's in there. You know what I mean? And so that that's always fascinating to me, but again, we remind everyone it's all pro that matters. Not necessarily mm-hmm. the pro bowl.
0: <laughs> Can I end on one last trivia question with you guys? Yeah. Um, So certain players, you know, have incentives for making the pro bowl on their contract, like as negotiated, the Bobby Wagner one is 750 K was announced today. But what do you guys think is like the standard NFL paid um, incentive for all player contracts to make the Pro Bowl? Like, what do you guys think they get paid? It's a single check.
1: Like 250 Wait, just like for making the Pro Bowl or like as part of an incentive, like boilerplate
3: incentive? Like what like, they get like, paid to make the Pro Bowl? What they
0: get paid by the NFL, not the mm-hmm. team. Every contract, regardless of size, you know, whatever, regardless of status, what do they get paid? Probably like fifteen grand or something It's like
3: fifty, like I think. Fifty
2: thousand. Right? Uh, twenty-five thousand.
0: Yeah, it's forty-two k. It's yeah. lower than I thought it would. Was
3: so quite- it used to be double when they actually played the game. The winners got eighty, and the losers got forty or something. And when they mm-hmm. went to these skills challenges, they I knew they had left it at a flat number, but I wasn't sure what it was.
2: I got it. I got to do one more trivia for you guys related to this Julian Love thing because I I wanted to see this is this is you're not going to believe this i want to check on pff if if my if anything matched my perspective just confirming priors here julian love guess his rank among all 65 qualifying safeties in coverage grade for the first 2 weeks of the season combined
0: first 2 weeks
2: yeah there's 65 safeties that qualified what was his first what out of 65 where did he rank in coverage grade in the first 2 weeks 64. 65. Dead last. Okay? Now, from then on, from weeks 3 to 17, out of, what is it? Let me double check. Out of 63 qualifying safeties that had enough snaps, where did Julian Love rank in coverage grade after 63 safeties? Five. I want to guess from all of you on this one.
3: Four. (sighs)
0: Six.
2: number one
0: shut up
2: Number really one. number impressive. one he has a 90.3 coverage grade over his last 14 games played all pro level
0: do you mean that the very loud incorrect minority on Seahawks Twitter was wrong is that what you're telling me what a shock what a shock wait his, his
1: coverage grade over the last how many games is what
2: 14 14 games.
1: What is it? What is the grade?
2: 90.3.
1: He's only had above 80 once in those weeks.
2: I'm just telling you, they don't, their grades don't always add up the way I'd expect them to. I'm, I'll send you the screenshots. I'm looking, and, at. I mean,
1: I believe you, but like his, do you know what his coverage grade was in Pittsburgh? The Pittsburgh game?
2: I wasn't good. 48. Yeah. <laughs>
1: his, his amazing, like the run that has everybody like, it, like liking him again, 77, 94 against Philly, 73 against Tennessee. But then before that, it was 52 against Dallas, 61 against San Francisco, 59 against LA. Yeah. Uh, this, it, this, Listen, this, math is know. hard,
3: Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> it's they, it's,
1: it's a weird thing where it's a percentile. And so they look at all of his grades and the percentile. So it's not an average of the grade, just something stupid like that. But still, like, I think the argument, I don't know. If that's the best safety in the league, then this league has a bigger safety problem than they do a quarterback problem
3: well half of them are injured so it's fine all
2: right we're gonna we're gonna end it there uh i appreciate everybody sticking around for another 20 minutes when i thought we weren't gonna go extra this far but uh appreciate and appreciate everybody else tuning in give the show a like subscribe to the channel patreon.com slash hawk blogger and we will see you next week for the 300th episode there's some chance we'll do a post-game show but it will not be a numbered episode um, just to, to make sure we get our 300th and, and we're going to try to have some cool guests. Don't know who they'll be till then Evan Hill at Evan Hill HB, Nathan Ernst at Nathan E 11 and Dana O'Gorman at Dana OG have a wonderful rest of your night. Go hey folks, this is Brian Demhauser. Thanks for listening to the show. Hope you enjoyed it. I want you to know that real Hawk talk is available on all major podcast platforms. Go ahead and subscribe, have all podcasts delivered directly to your phone after each and every show. And then go ahead and leave us a five-star review. Helps us out, gets more people to the show. Then, if you haven't already done it, go to patreon.com slash hawkblogger and subscribe for just five bucks a month. Gets you immediate access to our Slack channel. Join hundreds of folks in that community to talk Seahawks about wins, losses, and all things in between. Not to mention, become eligible to win giveaways for Seahawks tickets and get to ask questions of the Real Hawk Talk crew every week on the show. Finally, if you haven't gone to hawkblogger.com recently, head on over. Tail of the Tate morning after articles are there every week. Hoping to see you there. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for supporting the show. Go Hawks. Yeah.